1: Coming up today on The Story. Um, I got in an altercation with somebody when we were working and that ended me up in, in jail for murder, which was later reduced to manslaughter. Something that happened in the, the spur of the moment just escalated very quick and before I knew what happened, he was deceased and, yeah, that was the start of a, a whole new chapter.
2: The Story. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. As you just heard, Alan Murray's life took a drastic turn, that he ended up in jail. And then things only got worse when he heard there were people out to get him. But a fervent prayer by a fellow prisoner was the beginning of Alan's life turning around. We'll hear this story and some of his music today on The Story. Alan Murray is chatting with Eric Scatterbo. Alan
3: Murray, welcome to the program from Harvey Bay. Thanks very much, Eric. Glad to have you with us. And before we get to your time in jail and the incidents that happened there, let's go back and find out a little bit of your life story. For sure. Well,
1: I grew up a nominal Christian, so I had a bit of a, an awareness of of Christ, but mm-hmm. I definitely didn't have a relationship with God in any way. As I grew older, I sort of moved away into just into life in general, and God was Fell right into the background, so the awareness I once had, sort of, you could say, disappeared completely because mm-hmm. he wasn't part of my my existence at all. I started um, pursuing business and different things in in life. Um, I found myself in a in an altercation that that led me to go into jail. But prior to the altercation, I I had a group of friends that I hadn't seen for a period of time. And all of them, there was three different people that all became Christians, and they're all sharing the gospel with me. And I actually thought they were all a little bit mad. I had one of the friends in my backyard standing there with his hand on my shoulder asking me if I, he could pray for me. And um, I let him pray for me, but I, I really thought it was a little bit a little bit of a worry, because um, he used to be quite a fun guy, and he'd sort of changed in so many ways. Oh, so, then, so you um, didn't
3: think he was going to be fun anymore? No, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't think he was going to be fun anymore at all. Okay, and so that was kind of an introduction to faith in Christ? Well, that was something more like a, a
1: signpost that I looked back on hmm. after I came to know God, where I could see God had been calling me quite loud before, but I had been ignoring His voice. Um, I'd done some music recording, and the people there were Christians, and they were wanting to pray before tea and um, pray about the project. And So I came across a few people that um, wanted to share the gospel. Definitely Greg was for forever telling me about Christ. So it wasn't until I, um, I got into jail, the first person I met gave me a, a book and asked me if I knew God, and that was the very first person that sort of came up and talked to me in the yard.
3: Well, I was just wondering if we could back up and say, were you surprised to be in jail? Did you ever think that would happen to your life?
1: Never, never thought that would happen. Um, yeah, it felt like a, a totally different thing that I, you know, thought would be in my life at that period of time.
3: I mean, because there are some people that end up in jail, and you think, well, we kind of always suspected because of the life they were living that they would end up in jail. But was that the case for you?
1: No, no, I was I was running the running the business. I was a single father. I was um, playing music around hotels and clubs, and it became as a major shock. So what happened? Um, I got in an altercation with somebody when we were working, and that ended me up in in jail for murder, which was later reduced to manslaughter. Wow. um, Yeah, well, something that happened in the, the spur of the moment just escalated very quick, and Wow. Before I knew what happened, um, he was deceased, and, yeah, that was the start of a, a whole new chapter of life for me.
3: Okay, so then you're in jail. I mean, this must have been a, a huge shock for you. Oh, major, a major shock, yeah. And then life in
1: jail? What was that like? Um, life in jail, when I, when I first got in there, it seemed like a different world. Mm-hmm. Um, there seemed to be a lot of people that seemed quite happy there, which i couldn 't really um, fathom or understand but um, yeah, a guy came up to me and sounded like quite a friendly fellow and asked me if I had any faith and he asked me if i 'd like a book on On Christ, and I took the book off him, just more or less to get rid of the guy. (laughs) And um, I came out of the the cell in the morning, and he came running over to me, and he said, oh, did you read any of the book? And I said, oh, yeah, I did. He said, what part did you like? And I said, oh, page 19. And um, I didn't read any of the book. I didn't pick (laughs) it up. And he said, do you remember what was on it? And I said, I don't remember what was on it, but it was good, you know. I just just wanted him to leave me alone, but um, that became a bit of a – a bit of a pattern while I was in there. I, I was in a, in the medical one day and a guy came up to me and handed me a track and on the back of it I had a sinner's prayer. And um, this guy was just glowing. He was beaming. He just looked so happy. And I just couldn't fathom how these people could be happy in that environment.
3: Yeah, okay. Well, let's fast forward then to uh, the time you got into a, a fight in jail.
1: Yeah, I was... Um, I said something to somebody on a phone one day he was very angry, and he slammed a phone down and I said the thing sort of more or less in jest wanting to cheer this guy up and he got off the phone and he was rather rather angry and we ended up having a fight and after we had a had a fight, a rumor circulated that a bunch of young guys were going were going to get me, and that was quite a, a bit of a common practice sometimes people would get three or four outed by different people Wow, and I went to work in the metal shop and a gentleman came up to me who was a who was a bikey and he said, um, I've heard that this group of guys out to get you. He said, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, I, I really don't know. And he said, I'll tell you what to do. He said, bring a toothbrush to work tomorrow, sharpen it on the linisher and stab the bloke you had to fight with in the neck and nobody will, will mess with you. So... I'm sort of looking at this guy, thinking, "Well, this isn't this isn't the answer." Yeah. And um, I was in a fearful state, so for a second, I sort of stood there listening to this guy because he, you know, seemed like a, a bloke that had a bit of respect in that environment. Mm-hmm. And then when he said that, I thought, "No." And I, I walked up to the back of the metal shop, and there was a fella sitting there, and he also knew what was happening. Um, he asked if I believed in God, and I looked at this guy. And he was about 110 kilos, and I. I said, oh, I think so. And he said, do you mind if I pray for you? And I said, yeah, you can pray for me. And he put his hand on me. And I, I must admit, at the time, I didn't think anything of what he was doing. I didn't think it was going to work any way, shape or form. And he, he had this fervent prayer and he asked for God to protect me. And he asked that when I walked into that unit, that you know the people that were coming up against me would be at peace. And he asked God to put a hedge of protection around me and the intensity of the way this man was praying—I'll never forget it as long as I live. And I walked back into the unit, and that's what happened. It was like it was like I wasn't in there anymore. It was—I wow. walked in, and the people who were once um, abusing me as I walked up the stairs weren't abusing me, and it was like I—I I,
3: I had a hedge of protection over me. It was—it um, was amazing. Wow. I mean, yeah. Did that get your attention? <laughs> I would think it would. Yeah,
1: it definitely it definitely got my attention. It definitely got me asking questions. Um, it didn't send me headlong into thinking, yes, I'm sold. Um, I I definitely wanted to know more. And mm-hmm. then um, I got a Bible after that and I started reading. And the, the funny thing was I was reading the Bible and it brought me comfort. And I had no idea why this book that I knew nothing about brought me peace. So that That sent me searching, but god God knew before the foundations of the world that that would all happen, and He had the perfect people there. Um, I had a had a good brother called Boyer in there, and he got alongside and mentored me for years, and it was an absolute blessing to have such strong brothers in inside who've got this amazing relationship with God who spent so much time
3: in the Word to be walking alongside you and encouraging you. Yeah, but just to go back a little bit, here you were in this precarious situation where you were told people were going to be out to get you, and you're in a jail, so there's no place you can go, but yet uh, God worked out a way. God worked out a way, yeah. Um, and that guy transferred, I- is that right? No, the
1: guy The guy moved over to another unit three days later, but even when he, he moved, he was very personable when he came up to me. Hmm. And he said he was going to another unit. And the five and a half years later when I was going to a farm, I seen that guy on a walkway and he said goodbye to me. And he had probably been in and out of jail about six or seven times by then. And I hadn't seen him again because he never used to come down to residential because he used to usually have a fair bit of play-up about him. Mm-hmm. And I seen him the day that I was going to a farm which was just such a god moment to me just to to be crossing paths with um the person that could have just changed the whole trajectory of my my time inside.
2: You're listening to the story today Alan Murray is joining us from Harvey Bay, Queensland to Share his life journey. Next, we'll hear how he put his faith in Jesus, and Alan will also share some of the music he's composed since becoming a Christian. That and more when we return. The story.
0: If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1 800 Pray For Me. That's 1 800 772 936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 888.
2: Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax. This is The Story. We're continuing with Alan Murray chatting with Eric Scatterbow about his time in prison. Before the break, we heard how Alan had reached a turning point in his life when a fervent prayer by a fellow prisoner helped him in a dire situation. Now, let's hear the rest of the story and some of Alan's music.
3: Alan, how did you come to put your faith in Jesus?
1: I um, asked God into my heart on my own in the cell one day after you know, I'd seen his power at work. Mm-hmm. And um. I just got down on my knees and asked him into my, my heart, which started a, an amazing journey. And God had some amazing people around me where we had Bible study groups with up to 22 men. Wow. Um, I sat with a, another Christian brother before a race riot where there would have been several deaths, and we um, we prayed with some of the people, and this riot just all came undone. I've seen amazing people power of God at work in that environment. It was just such a it was actually a blessing
3: to see mm. to see his power at work in that place. Now you began to grow as a Christian and, and get more and more in depth in your Bible study. Obviously yes. we're talking to you. You're not in prison at the moment. Let's find out the rest of the story. What happened after you grew in jail?
1: Um, well after I I grew. I, I moved from the maximum security to a to a farm. Um, I was released from a farm where we had you know, great had the great pleasure of encouraging a lot of people who I'm still in touch with some some of the people, some real strong Christians. Mm-hmm. And I was then released. I eventually got a house. I had my my daughter come back to live with me. Um, she was baptized with me, which was a joyous
3: oh, fantastic. occasion.
1: And then from there I um I've been writing songs whilst I was in jail. I've been writing music my whole life, so I really felt that God put it on my heart that He wanted me to do music ministry. So I endeavoured to make that happen. And um it was funny, God taught me a really interesting lesson because I came into a I went into one of the local Christian radio stations in Tarema and I played on air and asked if anyone wanted to partner with me and fund in funding it. And I left and Two weeks later, somebody contacted me, and they um, funded the album. Oh, wow. Which was absolutely amazing. And um, then somebody funded equipment, and then I got invited to Outback Australia, to Mitchell, Charleville, Augustella, um, Dolby, to some of these towns to perform and to um, share my testimony in churches out there, which was an absolute blessing. So um, God had this amazing plan that... The, the Outback Churches, I, I met those people whilst I was in work camp. So when it says in Romans eight twenty eight, he uses all things for the good of those are called who love him according, according to his purpose. Even my um,
3: incarceration experience, he
1: definitely used
3: for good. Oh, wow. Oh, that's fantastic. Now, speaking of your music, and you mentioned your daughter a little yes. while ago, you wrote a song specifically for her. Can you tell us the story behind that song? The
1: story behind But I Know is um, my daughter Chloe had been residing with me and um, because finances weren't very good, I think she was a little bit unsure whether I was going to let her go to a camp that was in New South Wales. And um, uh, being a young girl, I think she had quite an interest in boys and she was still speaking to a lot of her friends via the internet down there on Skype and different things. And she decided that she wanted to move back down to where she was living before she lived with me, which she has done, but since then she's moved to several other places and it was the um it was the pain of that realization. I was I was driving to, to church one day and I just started I just started wailing like just the the heartache of um knowing that she was going into such a a dangerous environment and such a you know such a sad sad place and I was very heartbroken but amidst that God spoke to my heart and asked me if I was going to look at the situation or if I was going to look at him mm. and that's why the song's called but I know my God is bigger than this so I think at times we can get caught up looking at the situation we're going through in life mm-hmm. other than looking at the one who can can move the mountains
3: yeah and that must have been very hard for you when you were a when you were in prison?
1: Oh, it was it was horrible. It was a very um I was a sole parent for 2 years prior to going in there so there wasn't a day that went past without um without my heart going out to my kids or without prayers for my kids. Um, God gave me strength to get through that and I still I'm still in touch with them now and I'm, I'm believing that he's going to um you know rebuild these this brokenness
4: was driving to church today And tears rolling down my face but Thinking about my baby girl How she's gone astray and My heart it breaks in two For all the pain you're going through I wish that I could take it all away But I know My God, he's bigger than this And I know Your pain he can fix I'm sorry for the part I played When I wasn't there that day Your daddy went to jail I can't imagine how it felt Standing at school Or as her heart It breaks in two, When she's told her dad Won't be there today But I know My God He's bigger than this And I know Your pain He can fix
3: And that's the song, But I Know, by our guest today, Alan Murray. And you have yet another song that you wrote for your other child, your son. Is that right? Tell us the story behind yes. that song, Palm of Your Hand, I believe it's called.
1: I wrote that one while I was still inside. Um, I found out that my son had been getting into a fair bit of mischief. And on a visit, my auntie was up and she was telling me that that Lockie said that he doesn't love me anymore. And I was sitting outside my cell waiting for my Christian brother to come so I could have a bit of a prayer with him before lock away. And he didn't—he didn't get there before he just got there just as well going away, so that we didn't get a chance to. And I went into my room and I was overcome with with grief, thinking about where I was and the the pain that it was bringing other people, you know, namely my children.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And in the palm of your hand was just a prayer of my heart to God, knowing that. God is in control and to um, calling out for God to, to protect him and, and to hold him to hold him and, and to, to keep him safe and that's what the, that's what the song's about
4: Dark clouds surround him He sees just a little boy Feels like the world's coming down, sees he's lost all his joy And he's been searching In places he'll never find peace I just cry to God, this is what I ask him, see I see I just pray to God ask him to hold his hand Don't let him slip away cause I know He's in the palm of your hand and I, and I just pray to God ask him to hold his hand Don't let him slip away cause I know He's in the palm
3: up your hair. and that's the song "Palm of Your Hand" by our guest today, Alan Murray. Well, Alan, we're quickly running out of time for today's conversation, but it is amazing the twists and turns in your life. But you are now singing these wonderful songs that we just heard for the Lord and bringing glory to Him. And as you mentioned, somebody even financed making a CD. Do you have any concluding comments that uh, you'd just like to share with our listeners about the lessons you've learned through going through all this? Um, God is faithful, and um,
1: he's, he's able to do abundantly and seasonally more than we ask or think. And God can give us that, that hope to get through all challenging situations in life, mm-hmm. um, and he can turn
3: all situations around. Yeah, I was looking pretty bleak there for a while when the, the people in the, the jail were going to be out to get you. But, wow, it's just fantastic how the whole situation has turned around. For sure. No, God God is amazing, and his love for us is so, so good. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us today. No worries. Thank you, Eric. Our guest today has been Alan Murray. And if you'd like to find out more about his music, his website is alanmurray.com.au. That's alanmurray.com.au.
4: No matter, I feel this way, but every night and day I pray that the Lord Jesus takes care of you. And if you want me, girl, I'm just a call away from your well. You know I'll come running there for you. God, he's bigger than this, when I know your pain he can fix, but I know my God, he's bigger than this, and I
2: know your pain he can fix. The music of Alan Murray from Harvey Bay. Music that, as we heard, came about as a result of heartache and pain, but contains a wonderful sense of hope and peace, knowing that through it all, God is bigger than any problems we face. Once again, you can learn more about Alan and his music at www.alanmurray.com.au. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. I walked through the door. He looked up at me and said, you're not well. And this doctor then went on a a quest to try and find out what was actually wrong. So I came back and um, he said, you've got lymphoma. Now, we never heard of that. And she said, what's that? And he said, well, it's a cancer. The thing I remember was, Robin bursting into tears. Chris Lamb is the author of the book What They Didn't Tell Me About Suffering, which tells his journey with cancer and some of the hidden gems of wisdom he's learned about God's amazing grace. We'll hear this story next time. The Story. story. Just another way vision is connecting
0: faith to life. Before you go.